Welcome back to Technotopia, the podcast about a better future. I'm John Biggs. Today on the show, I have Chris Booz. He's the founder of Arago. This is Technotopia. Technotopia is brought to you by Happy Fun Corp. Happy Fun Corp is a design-driven technology company in Brooklyn, New York, that specializes in building mobile and web applications for startups and Fortune 500 companies. Whether it's a new mobile or web application that will help people experience the internet in a fun new way, or software that will interface with a new piece of top-secret hardware, Happy Fun Corp is always up to the challenge. Big or small, Happy Fun Corp loves building software and loves working with great people. Come build with them. HappyFunCorp.com. Welcome back to Technotopia, a podcast about a better future. I'm John Biggs. Today on the show, we have Chris Booz. He's founder and CEO of Arago. Uh, welcome, Chris. We, we spoke earlier when you had a artificial intelligence playing uh, video game robot. Yes, we talked uh, at TechCrunch <laughs> Disrupt about civilization, which was great fun, right? I so. know, that was a lot of fun. <laughs> so I, I want you to tell me what Arago does, and I also want you to talk to me about this robot, because you're saying that it can now... Uh, now it can now solve play the game on different planets. Yeah, it is. It has learned totally different strategies for totally different maps from different people. Um, so basically, we have uh, a an artificial intelligence platform that does not just learn by machine learning by observation. It actually learns from asking people why, uh, how did you do that, and why did you do that, um, which makes the learning effort much faster and also allows it to act make use of the USPs that um, enterprises still have. So we, we apply this in all kinds of areas. We apply this in in IT administration. We apply this in banking, in insurance. We apply it in food production, everywhere, um, where there is people that have experience and want machines to do the work. So when, when we talked last, you told me about, um, you told me that basically what you guys do is you come into a building and you say, oh, what's what's the hardest thing that you guys have to do every day? And what's what's the most annoying thing? And then you point a you point a uh, you point an AI to that that thing, and then it makes writes a program for that, right? Exactly. Okay. So <laughs> okay. So uh, it creates a solution for on the fly. So right? what about what about us poor humans? What what happens when we want to when we want to go write a program and nobody wants to hire us anymore? You see, I think um, well, we, we we don't do the fully automated programming yet. I think coders are safe for a while because coding is, is uh, so uh, versatile. But um, generally, I believe in, in most industries, we have optimized and standardized the industry so much that constantly we make people work much more like machines. Most people are not very happy doing that. Actually, people are not made to do that. Um, and you can see it in, in the amount of depression you get in, in these office jobs and, and uh, uh, people get sick about this. So I think it's time that, that machines do the work that machines were meant to do and people do the work that people are meant to do. So <clears throat> what are people meant to do? Because that's, that's an interesting point. Uh, are we supposed to – what are we supposed to do? I, I, it's, it's very confusing. So I think there's, there's uh, an underlying theme. People are here to make experiences. I mean, this is what making new experiences makes us happy. And I think there's two main categories that we can make experiences in, right? So one is intrahuman. Humans just like to interact with other human. And yes, I was a shy kid too, so sometimes you don't. But actually, you really like interacting with other humans. It's just 
the way we're built, this, the way our species is built, we're social animals, we like interacting with other people. So we make experiences interacting with people. And, and uh, a lot of these experiences actually turn into services, right? So we do something for someone either because we get paid for it or because they're our friends um, or because it simply makes us happy to see someone else smile. Um, all these are social experiences. I think this is one huge part of um, of, of what is going to happen in the future. I think all this service stuff that we have optimized, given up for standardization, so we could bring more automatons into the world will go away and the service services will come back. Um, and the other part is, of course, um, doing something creative, doing something new. And uh, new experiences can happen. I would categorize this in three areas. Like, one is the, the artist, the typical artist that does something off mainstream, that has a belief that others don't have. You think you like blue pictures, nobody else likes blue pictures, but you know that they're going to be great. And they're going to be the thing next year, right? Mm -hmm. So um, these are this is a very creative way of thinking, like think outside the box. We need these people who, who think outside the mainstream because they move us forward, not just artistically, but also socially and, and as, as a society as a whole. The second part is... Um, we need those people who really invent something, people who do something new, like the people who um, sat down and built a motor and the people who sat down and uh, found out uh, a lot about physics and, and, and all these guys that actually uh, are fascinated, maybe by nature, maybe by the ideas, and build new things. Um, I think this is, this is the second part of uh, creative jobs. And the third part of creative jobs are actually pioneers, like people who... who um, feel creativity when they take risks that other people maybe won't take. I mean, a few hundred years back, they uh, stepped on ships and explored the world, and um, it looks like uh, very soon they'll be stepping on spaceships and exploring other places. So, again, everybody I talk to, we're, we're looking at a new renaissance, right? We're looking at a artistic, a move towards a more artistic populace. But is is everybody, and it's it's awful to say, but is everybody is everybody ready to be uh, an artist or is everybody ready to be a friendly person at the, whatchamacallit, at a restaurant, right? <laughs> so, um, I would say people are either creative or, um, they, they like to follow people, but what we all are, um, are people and this, thus we like interacting with the people. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't be so surprised, um, that if we find out that there are more nice humans out there than we actually predict. And sure, not everybody wants to work in a restaurant. People like to do other, more complicated services, I mean, that they're out there. Um, this this does not necessarily have to be simple jobs, um, but also simple jobs. If you look at me, you see that I like going to restaurants, right? So I can tell you the best place to be is a restaurant where the guy in the restaurant loves what he's doing. This is the best place. You get the best food, and it's just a place you don't want to leave. <laughs> and I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fight on this because, and the, and yeah, absolutely. At some point, if we don't all have to go work at a nine to five, do we get, do we get what we think we get? And I, and I want to, I want to, and I, I love this, I love this thing because I think, I think you're, you're even more optimistic than I am on this front. In terms of payment. Or in terms of in term, like in terms of in terms of interaction with humans, I like think think about the SF world where you have where you have a bunch of uh, men mostly, uh, some women who are all dedicated dedicated to not being in the nine to five world, and what does that create? One of the things is that one of the things that that, that creates is a is an environment where 
where everybody is against everything. So you kind of get an alt right. We all we got an alt right out of the uh, out of the the bro culture of, of Silicon Valley. Uh, the the alt tech, I guess you could say. Am I correct um, in thinking that? Do you do you see do you see where I'm going here? But that's only one possible option, right? So um, I, if you look if you look at um, it's a very special bunch of people you're describing in the valley. I mean, they're they're all fascinated kind of by technology, and then they see that things in the world are broken, and then they see their fellow technologists behaving. Mm-hmm. in ways they don't like them behaving uh, and they've just found out like i mean <laughs> not so many years back we were all nerds in the basement right and no one would talk to us now yeah. all of a sudden people are listening to us so we start voicing what we don't like and what we like so it's this i, I wouldn't say this this is you can map this on everybody um it's it it is diversity that is being created right so um in in the end and i i I very strongly believe that people are there's a distribution of people their people are not the same the the greatest thing about people is that they're different uh, and they're good and bad people and and uh, yeah i think that if we give people more time also bad people have more time unfortunately um but but as a general belief, maybe I'm too positive about this, but I think man is good in, in general. So why why would we believe that we do more harmful things and uh, in in terms of creating than we do good things? Uh, a lot of people get very happy when they help others. So it's in, in, and and uh, you can see this. I mean, look at the the hurricanes. Mm-hmm. A lot of people helped each other. Other people looted other people's houses. So there was good the good at the bad and the ugly, right? So. Um, <clears throat> I guess I guess it, it it comes it comes down to it comes down to what your version of utopia is is when when you when we come out the other end of whatever is going to happen in the next 20 years is it going to be a generally better place or or the same or dystopian is are are we going to are we going to have the same the same structure or is this such a sea change in our experience and in our lives that everything really changes i think um those are two questions right so yep. the number one question is Will it be positive? I think is going to be extremely positive. And okay, uh, if you don't mind, I'll, I'll uh, say in a second why. Uh, and the, the second thing is that um, is it um, uh, how, how should we say? It? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I let me awful, let me. I feel st- awful being being mad about this too. So I have, I have this I have this like I, I, this is this is about optimism. So I, I want to hear your optimism. I love it. Okay, let me let me argue um, the positive bit, right? So, um, I think we're in a totally unique situation. At the the point that um, we we had industrial revolutions before, and historically they all look the same. It doesn't matter if it's far back, like the invention of the mill, or rather close by, like the invention of of cars, uh, or maybe the steam machine, if you if you want to have it more fundamentally. But it's is. Um, these industrial revolutions have happened before, and I think it is completely um, uh, undebatable that we have always come out better in the end. What has been very harmful was all these transition periods, right? And uh, the last time we had industrial revolution, the transition period was very harmful. It took like two world wars and and uh, two economic crises to settle down it is into, but then the longest peaceful period we had on the planet. Right, so it's mm-hmm. it is um, in in the end it turns out positive. The question is the transition period, and what I am so optimistic about is that this time, because we have created this technology and because uh, also we have created the new economy, um, 
we are going to come out positive on both both ends, not just the end result, but also the transition period. And I like to explain that one mm-hmm. is so especially the valley has has played the the big part in in producing the new economy, like the platform companies, the people who think exponentially and put that into business models. And this is awesome. It is awesome because it threatens everything else on the planet in terms of economy. Um, and if that just goes through, it'll be very harmful, right? It'll be, it'll be only 10 companies in the whole world, and that's going to be a strange market. That's going to be a very long transition period, I believe. But the interesting thing is that the old economy, pe- companies that already exist and that maybe don't uh, don't mind being disrupted but don't want to die, um, uh, try to try to um, live up to this and also change their models and try to uh, move on. And that is where the new technology like this AI plays in. This is exactly where the AI takes over whatever these people are doing today, which gives them the money and the time of their people to rethink how they do it. I mean, imagine if you have a, a German company like Volkswagen um, stepping in front of shareholders and say like, okay, guys, we understand transportation is broken. We're not going to do cars for the next two years. We're going to think and then we're going to come out with, with something that's going to be big, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everybody, they're going to be in the asylum pretty quickly. It's like, and, and the analyst is going to ask, like, so how many cars did you produce? Sounded, thank you for the disruption speech. How many cars did you make? Um, and so, so in, in these old companies, they want to be disrupted. They want to be disruptive, but they have the problem that they can't be disruptive. And then at the same time, they're threatened. There are people marching into that and say, transport, we can do that much better than you. Tomorrow, we won't need you. And they, they yeah, um, so... What if I say, like, I can run 80% of your company with the machine and you still have the same income, you're still threatened. You now can use the people and the money you have to reinvent yourself while no one gets pissed at you for no longer producing cars. Like, this is, wh- this is why this transition period is great. Currently, people are threatened. The economy is threatened. We have The, the valley has really done its job. It has, has put a... a uh, big army in front of everybody um, and and put the way to disrupt things out there. And now people are, are, are thinking about how can we like resist? Mm-hmm. And they can resist by having whatever they're doing today as to a large part run be run by machines and thus having the time of their people, especially of their people, because they really need to rethink. They really need to learn from their experience um, to redo it. Okay, so the so yeah, so what so what you're basically saying is that the so that the future the 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 stuff that needs to get done like making food and and I don't know delivering of uh, delivering toilet paper and stuff will be done by not by humans anymore, which is which I understand that gives that frees us up with I mean that's that's that was an interesting point that somebody had a little while ago. Once we have self-driving cars, that frees us up to sit there in a car and learn Swift all day, or or program, or do something do something interesting. Uh, so, but what what happens if we squander our free time? What happens if a bunch of well, humans? Yeah, I mean, this is this is the general thing that that um, I find scary about us, right? We um, us as people. There are all these resources that we want to have, like money and gold and stat- status and whatever. Mm-hmm. All these are replenishable, basically, right? And even if we should run out of gold on on Earth, we could probably mine it from an asteroid. But our lifetime is non-replenishable, 
how why do we waste it like why are we wasteful with our time like i i totally don't get this and i think that um we have put this to to be an art wasting time um if you enjoy wasting time if you do it like this sitting on the docks of the bay guys right that's that's fantastic you had fun wasting your time but a lot of people just waste their time to not be bothered by their life and that that doesn't make sense at all right so is is um we will have to learn to be human again and have time to do something that is worth doing okay fascinating all right uh, what what do you do? What do you do to to waste time when you waste time? Anything? I love horse riding. I like horse riding. <laughs> I love horse. This is horse riding is fantastic, especially if you live in this fast tech world, right? Because mm-hmm. every day is super fast. On a horse, the world is kind of slow. Even if the horse goes fast compared to a car, you're slow. You ha- all of a sudden you see all this detail, and it's fascinating. Okay. So like it really makes it. It helps me to think. I keep imagining the the scene in Neuromancer when they uh, when they go to Istanbul and and they see a horse, the, 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 ex, the, the an extinct horse, uh, standing in one of the markets. So I feel so I'm kind of worried about horses too. And that's that's the one well, thing I imagine. Gene pool reduction like is a problem, right? We see that that there's a lot of species going extinct and so on. But look, this this is also there's all these people that that cry wolf and say like, oh, these machines are going to put us all out of the jobs. There's a very wrong um, uh, thing lying under this assumption. Like the, the assumption of the machines are going to put us all out of the jobs means that we're already doing everything that is necessary. Man, when I watch the news, when I watch the news or when I look at the world, it doesn't really look like we're doing much of what's necessary. Sure. We need more time to do stuff. Oh, okay. All right. So you, you're, you're, you've been actually my... My most optimistic person in a long time. You've been you've been very very excited about this whole thing. You 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 you, you, you don't think it's going it's going the way of Blade Runner. You think it's going the way of I don't know uh, My Little Pony. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. Is absolutely no. I I I mean this is why I spend so much time um, of, of introducing AI in our enterprises and helping them to automate all kinds of different things and getting faster at automating and actually reusing their people's time is. Because I believe that this is a totally, we need to help these guys survive. They want to survive as companies. Mm-hmm. Um, but they also, they have, there is much more willingness to do something disruptive than most people think. Disruption is not only coming from a very few places. Disruption is in a lot of places. Okay. Give me, give me a quick example of a disruption that, you've, that, you've, that was surprised you. Before we go. I have to find something that I can actually talk about where, where, don't, where we don't um, don't give out any other client secrets, right? So um, let me let me put something out there that that is uh, socially interesting. I, I, I would have give given examples from, for example, uh, the, the food industry or something like this. But let me give something very basic from the IT industry. Um, our first commercial usage of our AI was to to replace system administrators. Like the classical data center guy who manages networks and operating systems and software and deals with user tickets and all this kind of stuff. This is our first commercialization. Our fastest growing market of this is India. Mm-hmm. Um, and India, of all places, I mean, they just created millions of jobs having people do things that um, we no longer wanted to do, like system administration and, and so on. These guys 
are disrupting themselves. They're cannibalizing themselves. I said, like, okay, we now know how to do this. We will teach it to the machine so we can do much more of it with the same people. Um, so a lot of our people can move on to the next level because we're really hungry to move there. And if you've ever been to India, you'll see that even though it looks um, still there, there's all these tuk-tuks and all, right? It doesn't, it, it, you see sometimes when you are the cow in the street, but there's an atmosphere of moving forward. It's absolutely incredible. There's none of this fear that you often, in Europe, you have this fear, oh my God, the future is coming. In India, you've got that, we want the future now feeling. Why? And they are really, I mean, we're always talking about businesses that need to cannibalize themselves. Our customers in India is exactly what they're doing, and they're coming out on top. Mm-hmm. Why? Why is uh, why is Europe afraid of the future? I said I said we we're gonna I said we we're gonna stop after this, but I, I want to know. I want to hear this. <laughs> Um, well, I think it's Europe and America who are afraid of the future. I mean, we're we're at the top of the food chain, right? So the largest or the second, third, whatever largest economies in the world, um, we think like, oh, my God, everything that changes can only make it worse. The point is we need to change to stay where we are. Um, and and I, I believe that we have this feeling that we, we have to make a step, right? It's very comfortable where we are. Mm-hmm. Um, Plus, I also feel that, and I would say this for most Western societies, we feel that we've we've lied to a lot of people, right? I mean, we told our steel workers why we were outsourcing them to some place um, that we'd still need steel workers. That's a lie. We should have told them that we don't need steel workers anymore, but we need their experience. Fascinating. All right, all right. This is we got we got to get you back <laughs> on here because I want to. You're, you're you're very excited about this. I'm 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 happy to finally find somebody who's uh who's who's as excited about the future as I used to be when I first started this whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get you back. Are you not excited anymore? Uh, I I'm trying. I'm trying my I'm trying my darndest. But I talked I talked to one guy. I'll talk to, and he's like a marketing guy who's just like, oh, the future's going to be, I don't know, some program. Then I talked to then I talked to some other folks like. Um, uh, cryptocurrency folks and they say that the world is going to be completely streamlined and automated and humans are unnecessary and then we come in with you and you're very excited that there's going to be a chef <laughs> in the future and i'm very excited there's going to be a good chef in the future because people have time to make a beautiful meal as opposed to sit there and pump out 50 hamburgers a, a minute uh at a at a fast food place so very exciting very but exciting. A, a a great meal is as much about the people who who make it for you as it is about how it tastes right exactly. even a machine could probably make a perfect menu but it could never create this experience excellent well all right chris thank you very much where can people play thank the, you where can people play the free slip uh free slip robot uh, i'll send the link to you all right we'll, we'll post it on the uh, we'll post it <laughs> it's <the> longer <laughs> we'll perfect it. thank you chris Boos, thank <laughs> you very much for joining us all right bye-bye thanks Technotopia is brought to you by Typewriter. Typewriter is your on-demand editor, and their amazing team of writers will make your book chapter, blog post, or email shine. Typewriter editors come from places like TechCrunch, Gizmodo, and the New York Times, and they offer low bulk rates for longer work. Check it out at typewriter.com.